0: To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org.
1: You are listening to Community Matters. With a receipt of over $28 million in American Rescue Plan funds, the City of Jamestown has been developing programs to address housing issues in the city. Assistant Corporation Counsel Ben Haskins and City Director of Development Crystal Surdick presented on one of those programs, the 19A Home Improvement Program, to the City Council Housing Committee. That presentation and discussion is provided here.
2: Um, so uh, I guess just from the top, uh, RPAPL 19A is a statute under New York State law that allows municipalities to take title to properties that are vacant. Number one and number two, either at least one year in unpaid taxes or subject to an order of condemnation. Um, we have, as as you all know, um, pursued uh, title to numerous houses under this statute. We currently got about. 11 of them with another five or six in the wings coming up, and then we've got two or three more that potentials that we found in in the last couple of weeks just kind of stumbling upon them through complaints and stuff. Uh, One up on Stowe, one on Lower Deering, Um, so both in your ward, Mm -hmm. Councilman (laughs) Sheldon. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, yeah. (laughs) So, uh We've gotten Title eleven properties, four of which are included in, in the packet that you all have. Um, and at this point, uh, to try to turn the, the, the legal action into a, a sustainable program for the city, we're asking for an initial investment of 750000 of the ARPA funds that have been provided to us so we can start rehabbing the houses and selling them to people who will, A, reside in them for at least five years as an owner-occupant, B during that time, pay their taxes on time, and see once all the initial code enforcement violations that were written up upon our taking title have been fixed, that they will ameliorate any further code enforcement that, that arrives, arises over that five-year period. Um, we'll do that reverse, by basically putting a mortgage on that instead of being money-based is, is kind of action-based, so we can Theoretically, coming in and foreclose if they don't meet any of the, the requirements for that. Um, the houses that you have in your packet are uh, four of the houses that uh, we have already. Well, we haven't quite gotten title yet, but it's all but signed on the dotted line at this point. Um, I, I tried to try to I tried to pick one house kind of from like four kind of separate categories. We have nicer houses in nice ish neighborhoods. Uh, Lesser houses in nicest neighborhoods, um, nicer houses in what would tend to be referred to as not great neighborhoods, and not great houses that are also in not great neighborhoods. So uh, the first one is 49 Utica. That is the nice house, nice neighborhood. It doesn't need a whole lot of work. It's got pretty good value on it. The garage is still in phenomenal shape, which is with a lot of these. The sheds and the garages are just usually already crumpled into the ground so something like that we put the work in right up we're able to sell it at a profit and use that profit to fund further rehabs that come along down the line after we've acquired more properties um 71 barkers my lesser kind of house in a nicer neighborhood but it's still one where i think we can turn a profit it's full of junk and debris there's a plumbing issue in the upstairs bathroom that has i've actually walked through this house with uh Jim Whalen, one of our code inspectors, who helped me put together all the estimates, um, and I'll talk about his qualifications once I've kind of walked through the process a little bit. Um, so this one, uh, the plumbing issues have caused uh, a drop ceiling in the kitchen below it to kind of crumble. When we walked through it, we were really worried. We're like. Hope to God it's not the roof. Hope to God it's not the (laughs) roof. Went up to the attic and the roof is in phenomenal shape. So it's literally just the plumbing that was causing that issue. There's some other aesthetic stuff on the outside. There's like one little corner of the foundation that needs patched. Might need some porch work. But it's going to take a a little bit more of an investment than than the the Utica one that I've already previously mentioned. But it's one where we can still probably turn a pretty decent profit on it, it at the back end. And once again, any profit, it gets cycled back in. And used for future, future renovations, rehabs, whatever.
3: Yeah, I have a question. In terms of, uh, it, it's basically a revolving loan fund because you're paying yourself back yes, for the yes, yes, yes. But in terms of who's actually doing the work, the act, I, th- this is good to know what you're getting involved because I think a lot of the issues with the tax auction have been that people get these sight unseen and have no idea what is wrong. Like you said, you went in thinking it could be the roof and it was plumbing, which is still expensive, but not the yes. cost of the total roof replacement. Mm-hmm. So who actually, with this estimate, All right, who, so who's responsible for getting the contractor or whoever does the actual
2: work? The city will it? end up contracting out for the services. And uh, just, I guess, since it kind of tails with that question, the person who put these estimates together with me is Jim Whalen. He was hired in the last year and a half as a code enforcement officer. Uh, His prior experience is why I kind of selected him to to be the code enforcement officer to go around with me and do these things. He has both worked building houses. um, And also, up until he started with us, was selling housing supplies at wholesale. So he's got an idea of the labor investment for, for work from his one job and then kind of the the costs of of materials from his other job. So I felt he was the one most uniquely kind of suited to, to do that sort of estimate work. Okay. Um,
1: and his, his title is, is actually uh, Code Enforcement and Rehab Specialist.
3: So these would be basically private contractors. Yes, it'll
2: be private contractors. That's.
1: We'll do it similar to um, the way we bid out work for our home program and other rehab programs that we have.
2: Um, So back to the the other two properties I haven't gone over yet. 20 Johnson is uh, what I consider the nice house in a a lesser neighborhood. Um, Kind of stumbled upon this one randomly one day. It's right next door to one of the few well-maintained houses on the block. Um, And the owner died uh, not too long ago. The good news is the home program had put a new roof on the house within the last five or six years, so we knew we were doing good there. Exterior, very minor stuff. Interior is going to need to be cleaned out. The guy did have an affinity for cats, so we might have to do some stuff about some smell issues on the inside, but it's really not going to take a whole lot of investment to get this place livable. And even despite the neighborhood, I think this is one we can probably turn a profit on. So we get to 810 North Main, which is kind of where we depart from that a little bit. Uh, This one was selected because it's vacant. It's right next to an established business on the street. The owner of that business has complained, I think, a few times about the the vacancy of it. So when we're looking at places that we're not necessarily going to turn a profit, I think uh, instead of turning a profit, the kind of focus has to be, how can we have the biggest impact on our neighborhoods by doing a house here? And I, I think we view this one as we've got the established business to takes together property you can just bump one lot up the street. It's going to need quite a bit of work. Um, as, as you can tell, it's got the, the highest cost estimates of, of any of the houses on this list. Um, and unfortunately, unless it goes way above market value, we're probably going to have to take a, a, a 10 to 15 grandish loss on it. But uh, like I said, sometimes you've got to take on the tough projects and, and once we've got the program rolling, the tough projects might even be able to come in more often depending on how much we're making on some of the less tough projects. But it's important to make sure that we're not just focusing everything on places where we're gonna get in, make a lot of money, and, and be able to get out. We have to also have impacts on our communities across the city. So um, I think that's about everything I wanted to say, but I will take any questions.
3: I have another question. So who would be open to buying these houses? How would that be done? How do you determine who gets the house once it's done? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I think it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution. Some of the nicer ones where we're hoping to turn a profit, we just kind of market regularly, um, find the best fit, who's willing to pay, and kind of just roll it in. But with some of the houses that are going to need more work, I think Crystal and I have regularly discuss dealing or getting together with some of our nonprofit partners in the city and uh, kind of looking at people that are coming through their first-time homeowner programs and, and trying to steer them into some of these houses. I mean, they, they aren't going to get them for free. They're still going to have to make some sort of offer to us, mm-hmm. um, but they'll be able to get them probably for below market value in a lot of cases. They're going to be subject to the same five years and we're gonna probably require them to at least take some sort of like online first-time homeowner mm-hmm. course that, that we prescribe to make sure that they're aware of their responsibilities as homeowners, especially as it relates to like more nuisance items like garbage and debris, which is just a huge issue in the city mm-hmm. at, these days, um, to make sure that they just kind of know what they have to do in order to be successful homeowners mm-hmm. and to be good neighbors. Mm-hmm. So. I, I hope that kind of answered that question.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't know, you know, like in Habitat for mm-hmm. Humanity where they have Absolutely. people apply, you have yeah. sweat equity in yeah. the house. I didn't know if it was going to be a lottery, you know, just how you plan to identify mm-hmm. who gets this house. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, basically it's up on the market, you know, yeah. as any other home would go up and you got a for sale sign and you People can put in an offer.
2: And I do think with some of them, we'll probably keep them just to people from the first time homeowner's program, mm-hmm. but I think if we want it to be a sustainable program, we can't necessarily do that for every single one.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then, you know, as far as, as the partnering goes, so the folks who are already enrolled in a first time buyers program, whether it's COI or CRIC, right. um, you know, we'll kind of look to them and look at the pool that they have. So people have already been through the program And then, additionally, the Land Bank is working on putting together um, sort of the intermediate home buyer program. So that will be like, you've graduated from the first-time home buyer program, you've gotten some funds to go towards your closing costs and your down payment through that. Um, This next step will help to continue that financial literacy piece that's really important. Um, Reinforce, you know, Ben mentioned the five-year property maintenance agreement that they will have to sign, um, you know, so just kind of what goes into that. What are your what are your responsibilities as a homeowner? And then, you know, when the first major repair comes up, they have access to one-on-one um, advice from whoever their mentor is. So, so really it's kind of a mentoring program that will um, stay with them for a period of time after they've purchased the home. Um, and then, you know, in some cases... Um, we're looking at also partnering you know maybe it's not doesn't all come from the 19 a funding maybe it's partnered with a home program maybe it's partnered with a program that Crick has or uh, code has or something like that The, the goal is to try and collaborate as much as possible and do as much partnering as possible to make sure that we are leveraging each other's resources that we're all working together to address the housing issues that we have, and that keeps the lines of communication open with all of our other housing partner agencies as well.
3: I would love to see with that intermediate homeowner program that there would be some kind of classes with, like, Mm -hmm. instructions, like things that you can do yourself. Yes, that's the intention. I hope, you know, so many people have no idea what Mm -hmm. goes into maintaining a home after they've purchased it. Yeah. And it's not everything, but you know when you need to call that mm-hmm. this is beyond your ability. Knowing yeah. where your shutoffs are for yeah. water problems and right. locating these, you know where your electrical boxes. And yeah. we go over this a lot of times with people. You know, knowing
1: how to turn it off if there's right. a problem. Right. And there are things that people don't necessarily mm-hmm. know until you until it happens to you. Right. Um, also, part of that will be a uh, tool lending library. Oh, that would so, be great. Uh, you know. Nothing huge, you know, that like table saws and that sort of thing, but you know, just kind of the the normal things that um you know, someone's moving into home ownership for the first time, you know, you don't know that you need whatever. Whatever the thing is. I can think of all the tools that I don't have but <laughs> Homes be subject to home inspections?
3: Absolutely. By, okay. I Bef- know, I mean, before they yes. actually purchase. Okay. Oh, yeah. we're, we're going to,
2: yeah. as soon as we've taken title, the ones that we haven't already been through are going to have full inspections done. Okay. So we're yeah. 100% now, certain on the scope of work that needs done. Right.
3: In. Now, would that be available to the person who purchases the home mm-hmm. to yes. know? Okay. Yes. So that would not be kept? Yeah.
2: No, we're not We're not going to keep every, anything from them. Okay. okay. But we'll let them know what work was done prior, <laughs> okay. prior to our. So well that would
3: be good if you're you know, whoever's doing a home inspection to have all of that information yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so that they know what they're getting into, what has to be dealt with and yep. how much it's going to entail price wise. You know, yes. some things that you said aren't too expensive, but other things may be a major fix. Yeah. Um, and to know right up front because if you wanna help people succeed. This is not exactly. a want to fail project. Right. We don't want to
1: set anybody up for failure right from no, the start.
3: No, no, And I think so many people underestimate what it, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about mortgage payment, taxes, you know, insurance, all those Absolutely. things. And then repair costs. Absolutely. And, you know, the upkeep and maintenance. Yeah. And so many people have no clue. Yeah.
1: That. And, you know, another piece of this is the folks that we sell these properties to, um, and I think that's why the financial literacy mm-hmm. Component is so important. Is you know they are moving into a program where they they can sort of bypass the traditional mortgage mm-hmm. pathway mm-hmm. that doesn't work for everyone because they don't have high enough credit scores. They don't have the financial resources to to you know allow them to get a regular um, traditional mortgage. So you know this is giving them an opportunity to. To purchase a property um, and then I guess the other part of that is we're also looking at um, partnering with some of our local banks mm-hmm. to establish a relationship with them so you know one of the goals is we're taking the, the major risk in this by mm-hmm. holding essentially holding the mortgage but we really want to help homeowners establish banking relationships where they maybe they never have had one or they're you know they need to establish a banking relationship they need to establish credit so working with banks to maybe there's um, and I don't know what this looks like yet right this is something that we're still trying to work through the logistics on but um, an opportunity for people to start to develop credit mm-hmm. and and be able to get to a place where you know they can take out a mortgage down the road or they can take out a loan of some kind to maybe do additional, um, home improvements, right? Whatever, whatever that might be. But the goal is really to, to help them establish credit, um, and to be credit worthy. And then to also understand what, you know, their financial responsibilities are long-term because not only are they going to have a mortgage, they're also going to have, to put money aside for future repairs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're gonna do the initial sweep of the house and get it up to code and, and get it habitable, but you know, long-term, what happens when the furnace goes or what happens when the roof goes? Um, so, you know, making sure that that is, is an educational piece and, and giving them the tools to be able to do that.
3: Now, th- that's good, and I, I think the First Time Homebuyer Program does do a lot mm-hmm. of that, but I have seen where people have gotten mortgages without the taxes escrow and when because they couldn't financially yeah. afford the escrow right. and I said but if you can't pay 1 12th of the taxes each month how are you going to right. come up with 12 months exactly. at the end and exactly. they, don't, they don't make the connection right. if I can't put this in, and it's very difficult you have mm-hmm. to put that money away and leave mm-hmm. it as if it does not exist yep. and you have to pay those bills and so many are so yep strapped in terms yeah. of their budgets if they're looking check right. to check that right. part in that piece they just think yeah, it, it'll work and, and it doesn't right. and you see like you said people falling but, into yeah. trouble and losing the homes yeah.
1: and, uh, and that's why paying the taxes is a part of this agreement as well mm-hmm. they have to pay their taxes on time or they're in breach
3: of their contract. And it will they? I'm assuming there's also a component of having to maintain insurance on the property? Yes. Yep. Because that's the other part. Yep. When people, because you can't get contractors to work, or right. some of the not for profits won't work on the home unless it's insured. Correct, and I mean, we won't either. So. Okay, <laughs> yep. okay. okay. So we're, we're not going to get into that. All right, any other questions? No, just a point of information. us. 810 North
2: Main Street. Mm-hmm. You see there's a little sign here on the
3: post mm-hmm. saying that there's lead hazards at this house. Mm-hmm. I put that sign up about five years. Did ago? you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the county <laughs> should have yeah. the, the documentation yeah. cool. on
1: that. And yeah. possibly you can use their mm-hmm. funding to help. Uh, yes. Yeah. So at least the lead amelioration. Yes.
2: So, exactly. And,
1: and, and that's, again, where the <laughs> partnerships really come in. Sure. Um, sure. You know, we've been working very hard to... Um, really, just develop really good relationships and get all of our housing agency partners on the same page. Right. So, working together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.